Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Okay. All right. Chain, chain, change. <laughs> chain, chain, change. Oh, what's changing hey, with you? <laughs> what's changing is we are off vacation. Wah, wah. <laughs> Back from spring break and full of life. Yeah. Didn't you guys see all the online photos of Catherine and her uh, wet t-shirt contest? <laughs> was that me? That was. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. So Hello, good to Krista. see you again. It's kind of been a while. Yeah, it has been. It's great to see you. Yeah. And now, like, spring break's over and we're already in summer. Like, how did that happen? How did that happen? We took a very long spring break. (laughs) We were like, this feels really good. Maybe it was like spring semester off. (laughs) I needed it. I feel so good and so rested now. And uh, yeah, and excited to get back podcasting and holy fucking around in life. With you, lovelies. We've missed you. We've missed (sighs) our energetic play with you guys. And uh, gosh, thanks for being back. Thanks for Woo. being our great audience. And thanks for the people who like reached out and be like, where's the new season? And like that really like got me excited again to come back in and start up again. Because I think there was a little bit of that feeling of like, is anybody going to care if we take a break? Oh, but Krista. They actually did. So you that guys was fun. cared. Thank you so much. Thank you for caring. And we're happy to be back here. And today... What were you chanting, Krista? <laughs> change. Change is I in the air. so much change upcoming. And um, and I don't even, I mean, I've known a lot of changes coming, but I think I had a client yesterday and she was just like, please think of me because there's this change coming in my life and I don't know how I'm going to handle it. And, and I was like, wow, you know, people are scared of change. And yet when things aren't, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but it's like, if things aren't changing, you're dead. Like, <laughs> so as humans, we get so fearful of change. But on the flip side, when nothing in our life is changing, then we're bored. So we kind of put ourselves in this place of like, which 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 way do we want it to be? Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I think that's what drama does in people's lives, right? Mm. It, it It creates change. It changes our state. So we're kind of bored. So you notice people, if you really look, just before some big drama, usually people are pretty bored. And mm. it's like, oh, God. I've been accused of that a lot in the last year. <laughs> and there might be some excitement and everybody gets plugged in and takes sides. It's like a big game. It's really mm-hmm. like a big game. Well, I'm serious about when I said I've been accused of that because I see now in the last Oh, I guess now 46 years of my life that I have been a little (laughs) bit addicted to drama Mm. and that it created this certain level of excitement in my life. And so when I wasn't having drama in my life, it was like, huh, am I alive? What's happening? Right. So we get addicted to the adrenaline Mm -hmm. and we don't even know that's what it is. And it creates havoc. Like change, really good change is really good. And I think 
think what we might eventually get to is that everything around us can change and we can be okay as long as we're okay. And what happens with drama is we're not okay. Right. And so we shift and we move and everything starts to change and we slam doors and we burn bridges. We don't maintain our center. So that's, I think, the part of change that um, we're constantly learning about is how to allow everything around us to be in motion, but to be really centered and grounded and not allow the change to freak us out so much. Because, I mean, I, I have some really... Big stuff coming up here. It's the end of the school year, and my daughter is going to be going off to college. And it's one of those moments that I've been like dreading since the day she was born. And it's like, damn, this moment is here. And so, and then also my kids go to their dad's house in the summer. So, you know, school is so busy, 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 busy. And all of a sudden, one day it's like crickets in the house, everybody's gone. And this year it comes with, you know, watching her kind of clean up her room a bit and move things out into the garage. And it's like, oh, shit, this is real. And then on top of that, my best friend who, um, you know, we've been just side by side raising all of our kids for the last 21 years, and she's moving to England. And we've raised our kids together. They've, you know, they're family to each other. And so we've gone what's about to happen in this next month is all eight of us who've been here through every holiday, every, every, everything, all of a sudden next year or the next couple of weeks, it's like, it's me and my two boys. So family of eight all of a sudden is just the three of us. Such a big change. (sighs) Such a big change. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, you know, when you were talking about how do we hold our center Mm -hmm. while everything is changing around us and This is that place where we always take you back to as our lovely peeps that we love being with is how do you find your center and how do you get yourself back there when things start shifting? Because immediately you start to feel scared Mm -hmm. and it's because we get complacent. We get like, oh, there's a time when things aren't going to change. It's silly for us to think that because everything's changing. Even just breathing changes everything, right? And mm-hmm. every moment what we see is different. But we get some idea that we're going to be secure and we get kind of quieted down in that, even to the point of getting bored. But sometimes we're not even bored yet and something changes. Right. And so if we're not centered in a place that allows for change, then that's really destabilizing. We're not staying constant with the change. I mean, I was seriously freaking out probably about a month ago when I was watching this moment come my way. And then I had a friend reflect back to me like, you know, you're so scared of your friend moving, but you've also, all you've been talking about is wanting to travel and wanting to have the opportunity to go exciting places. And they're like, now you're being gifted with that. Like your world is going, my world is going to get bigger next year. So I was looking at it as this huge loss. And just the reframe on that is it's not loss. I'm not getting smaller. My family isn't getting smaller. My world is actually growing and expanding and getting bigger. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, the universe is actually providing me with something. And and it looks uncomfortable right now. It doesn't necessarily feel great. But on the, if I can get 
on the other side of it, it's actually super exciting to know like, oh my God, now I can hop on a plane. I have friends in England. I have friends in England. And what a great, you know, jumping off point to go to all these different places that I want to go to and have a home base. So woohoo. Yeah, that's really great. It's it's so good. And I want to just step back for one second because mm-hmm. I do want to acknowledge, and I know you know this, and it's so great to acknowledge and reframe that it's really an expansion and it's an expansion opportunity. And when those things happen, there always is a loss and it's okay to have the loss too. Mm-hmm. So I know for you, as you tiptoe towards graduation next week, <laughs> there's going to be moments of, you know, and, and I think one of the coolest things that I learned about emotion is that a whole full wave of emotion can take three minutes. And if you watch kids it's so cool because little kids who mm-hmm. who haven't been conditioned differently yet, they'll go in a full-on screaming fury, and it's done in three minutes. It, it you know if you don't stop them or interfere with that process, right. or crying really hard, and then they're laughing ten seconds. There's there's a way in which it comes up and it goes out, and then the next thing is happening. They're super present. So for us. The tricky part is letting ourselves have the loss without making it a drama, mm-hmm. without making it so big. And because there, we have bodies, we have emotional bodies and physical bodies, and we miss people when they're not in our environment. Certainly someone you've been friends with this long and raised your kids with. Right. And yay, you get to know her for the rest of your life anyway, and you get to now expand your universe. And you get to have your loss too. So I just want to say that, that piece where we – move and, and it, it's kind of an american trait it's a little like we're pioneers and we're always going out to slay the dragon but you know just letting ourselves feel it drop in yeah it's yeah i mean different. it's not real yet right now no. i mean I'm, that's why i'm able probably Neither to talk about it things no. with, with your best friend leaving and with your daughter graduating yeah it's not real yet at all in the slightest yeah. Um, I know in a couple of weeks, I'll probably be podcasting again. <laughs> I'm like, remember that episode we did on change? Well, fuck change. This sucks. <laughs> I'm lonely. Well, I do remember when I got divorced and I was facing my first holiday with my son and I alone. Mm-hmm. And it was excruciating because yeah. I had stepkids who weren't coming to my house and we had a little glitch in our plan. So everything that we'd planned to have go well didn't go well. And so we split, the family split apart at that moment and we did it separately. I was the most excruciating day and to try and create a beautiful day for the one remaining member of my family mm-hmm. was, was what probably made me survive it as well as I did was I had to get off my story that it was the worst thing right? and the worst way. And I, any of you out there who have gotten divorced and have been separated from your kids or all your kids or some of your kids or whatever for your holidays, it's, it's a big deal. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the divorce in itself is a big loss, but then to just the holiday and that kind of expectation of family. So I really get what you're saying when you've had all those holidays together with these big family gatherings and long tables and lots of noise and the kids being really happy and together. And she was really like the matriarch of that type of thing. It's like everybody gathered 
because she has a gift of rallying people and creating those type of moments. And so part of the, like my sadness was, shit, I'm just not that person. (laughs) None of these kids are going to return for me to cook a meal. They're like, really? Krista's going to like cook? Like, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Got french fries in the oven, mama? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and we were even like cleaning out our garage the other day and she's, you know, having to get rid of all this stuff. And I show up, she goes, oh, there's a crate over there for you to take home. And when I opened it, it was all of the Easter eggs. And Aww. I was just like, oh, fuck. I like, I, I can't take this home. Like, it felt like, I mean, it's still sitting in the trunk of my car three weeks later <laughs> because that box just holds all of the memories. Like, I, every single year, we have pictures of these kids getting older and older and older their on their egg. Easter egg hunt. And, um, just and, and even weirder was like this is the first year we didn't do the Easter egg hunt because everybody was gone. So it's like the loss of these traditions in a way too. And then and maybe I'm just I'm, apparently I'm projecting, but for my two boys that are left here, it's like everybody's flying the coop all at one time. And so I don't even think they have any concept of that right now. That will you know hit. Well, yeah, it's so come. curious because it's interesting. So we start talking about creation and about, you know, what we're afraid of. And the next question is, so change is coming, but what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. And and the invitation to your creativity, like, huh, I know I'm not going to want to do exactly the same thing because that's going to suck for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just going to feel like, like this big, like, brum, 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 brum. yeah, that did Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. I'm like, going to box those eggs up. I'm going to send them to England and I'll be like, we're <laughs> we'll all coming there. here for the Easter egg hunt in England next yeah. year. <laughs> and, and or, you know, we're going to do something completely different. We're all going to go to the beach and, you right. know, we're going to whatever. It's like we're. that's what I realized finally had to happen is I couldn't repeat I kept trying to repeat the past, mm-hmm. and that was no longer available. And so I had to admit it had changed. And uh, that was probably probably the time when basically when we thought we were going to still celebrate the holidays together, and at the last minute it really separated. Right. And I wasn't prepared, and I hadn't done anything to do anything different because I thought it was all going, and it was two days before the holiday. And, and then you had to make change happen really quickly. I had really to make quickly. something happen differently. And, you know, that was a, that was so big because I was fighting all of my own loss at, mm-hmm. and as well as my child. And, um, yeah, I just – change is, is big. And it's happening all the time. And, you know, maybe the more we acknowledge how much change is happening all day long every day, we stop being so afraid of it. Right. Like, yeah, there's these big things like kids graduating – and and we do acknowledge they're getting older. We do see that now and then. But there are so many ways that we don't acknowledge change that is constantly. And I think – Where did we learn to be so scared of it? Yeah. Like, I don't – Maybe because we don't acknowledge that it's happening all the time. So we're like, whoa, things are changing. It's like, well, they've been changing. Do you think it has anything to do with, like, how much people like tradition and that it's – even, like, holding traditions are in opposition to – change? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a really good question. As you can see, we haven't thought about this before we're bringing it to you today in this in this way. We just can feel so much change. And even, you know, one of the things that I think was really important is we ended our last season because there was so much change that was happening around us in our personal worlds. There was no way for us to stay 
connected to all of the other things. So we had to slow down mm-hmm. and take a deep breath and rest more and look and and find the new places that we wanted to land and create what we wanted. That's interesting because I guess that's actually what I did was I had to take that time to honor all of the changes that were happening and just become okay with them. Because at at the end of last season, I was like, I wasn't okay with all the change because it was all happening too fast. And my nervous system was crazy and there was no groundedness. There was no sense of security. I was having a hard time making decisions because everything was like these moving parts. And it was like, it felt really nice to just chill out and be like, okay, this change is coming and it's okay to be sad. And I did spend some time, some days, some weeks really crying and working it out with some healers and working my own process and not trying to do it all by myself. Because, you know, key key here, this is the key item here is that we don't do it alone. We're never going to do a great job alone. Yeah. Take some outside perspective. And in the honor, I'm going to go back to that tradition part, because I'm really, when I said that, I didn't know why I was saying it. But when we honor tradition so much, everything repeating you know, even like colleges and s- different groups, we have these set calendars and things and timelines that we want to honor, whether it's religious or school calendars, whatever. We honor that tradition so strongly that what practice do we have for honoring change? Yeah. There is like Yeah, we nothing. honor sameness. Maybe we mm-hmm. don't honor change. And, you know, one of the things that honors change in certainly my life and possibly yours, I'm not sure, is honoring the seasonal changes. And we do that through the solstice and through all those kind of um, ceremonies, full Mm -hmm. moon ceremonies and things like that. Those actually really help me honor the changes. Partly women, because we're so tied to the moon and our cycles and all of that stuff, honoring those kinds of changes. The moon is actually constantly in the sky. What we see changes and how it affects us, how it affects the moon, how gravity is affected, how the tides are affected. Of course it affects us. Mm. Those people who actually spend a lot of time are noticing change every day. People who do a lot of astrology, they check those charts every day and they see how things are shifting for them. Now, that doesn't mean you can't impact your astrology. It doesn't mean you can't impact change that's coming. But what that's the cool part is when you see it coming, then you're like, what do I want to do? How see, do and that's I not what I'm up? doing. I'm putting my head in the sand right now. It's <laughs> like, I know that change is coming, and I'm just going to look over here and pretend like that's not happening. And- well, who hasn't done that? I mean, I said I didn't really want to have a really hard divorce until my one friend looked at me. She said, honey, you're having you're a having really it. hard divorce. <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know. Denial can be healthy too. Let's just address that for okay. a moment. Because yes. denial is really important for us. So is this it a coping is, mechanism? It is a coping mechanism. And it's really good for a while when it's too big. And what you were saying before we went on spring break, there were so many things shifting that you were actually wondering, wow, I'm going to like, I have too much on my plate. It's like going too fast down a roller coaster. Only you don't know where the end of the roller coaster is. You might come off the rails. So your body and your mind just start going, okay, we're not dealing with this, right? Because I actually think I'm okay with change, but like limited amount. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, like- was just, it just felt too much. And there was fullness in your life that was also impacting that. So being able to step away from doing our podcast for a while and being able to use it like really use it as an opportunity to slow down so you could feel each wave. 
Like, oh, okay, there's a wave of my kid leaving, a wave of my best friend leaving, a wave of- The marriage ending, it's, you know, that's still coming to an end. your divorce is still unwinding. And I know that the last day of my marriage, that final thing that happened, even though it took us two years or three maybe to get through it, was another- place. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like no matter how long you think you spent on your divorce and you think you're going to be so happy when it's over. It's another place of change when it's over. And you just feel it. it's energetic. It's some ties are coming under undone and well that's why I think um ours has taken so long because it hasn't been traumatic or like there's no fighting and all of that really happening. I think it was more about neither wanting neither one of us wanting to recognize the change and to like one of us pull the trigger and finalize. Mm. Not that we didn't want it to be done and behind us, but it's just then we would have to really recognize like, okay, it's done. It's over. That phase is over. That phase of life. Yeah, it's complete. And, and, you know, honoring completions is another way to appreciate change is to actually create some kind of ritual around completions. I, I think it's so cool when parents do like, so, you know, in the Jewish tradition, when they honor the bar mitzvah or the bas mitzvah about the 13-year-old changing, like you are no longer a child. It's really true. We might as well say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Christian kids get confirmed. It's not quite the same sort of level of awareness of that. And lots of people in this day and age take their kids out on vision quests and do crazy, wild, fun things like that. And it's a good to do because the more, so I'm going to go back to the thing is the more we acknowledge that change is constant, the less scary it is. Like, oh, oh, something's changing. Well, celebrate change. Yeah. Because I, I, I do see that when clients come in and they're just so in that fear mode around the change, the minute we start looking at all of the things that are going to be exciting when those things do change, then they, it's like they can, they can get really excited about where their life is going. Yeah. But it is in there's a struggle within themselves regarding wanting things to stay as they are and wanting an exciting life. Oh, absolutely. And and their life might be plenty exciting for them and they have no choice that it's changing. You know, that can sometimes happen. And, you know, I, I mean, for me, I'm so grateful my son graduated from high school. I'm so grateful he spent a year doing his own thing and went to Europe and did all the crazy things they did and learned all those amazing lessons I'm so glad he's in college, and I'm so glad when he walks through my front door and he's home. Is change easier when they're younger? Like, I'm trying to think back of when I well, was- because they keep coming home when they're younger. When- no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> I meant like, okay, so when I was leaving high school, going into college, leaving college, going into you know uh, my life, like I don't remember thinking uh, consciously about change and being scared of it. it. I think it was exciting at that time, whereas then it's like at a certain point in life when you start- cusping over the hill in a way. It's like change is like, oh, getting older. Whereas when you're younger years, it's like change is like, hell yeah, finally something different. Well, we're, we do feel locked down. A lot of us feel locked down in our homes and our families. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's one place that yay change comes from, yeah. right? And 18, you get to drink or you get to go to the military or something fun like that, right? <laughs> What state do you get to drink when you're 18? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Washington, D.C. used to be able to drink uh, mm. beer and wine at 18. Which only meant that we were in the bars at 16. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Learning lessons of life. So things were always changing. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's such a 
I don't know. I think with kids too, I think we prepare them that they're going. Like we tell them what grade we're in and we tell them when you get to this one, it's going to be over. But I do know that when you settle in with kids who were in 12th grade, you get a lot of information about how scared they are. Yeah. And the summer before college and getting off to college can be very frightening times and big, big, big challenges for kids. And the more we hold it as, yeah, things are going to change. And the more we can talk about it for ourselves calmly, the better off it is for our kids. So, you know, acknowledging that, wow, first grade, that's a big change from kindergarten. I remember a young child I know went to first grade. And when he went to first grade, he was allowed to go to the kindergarten one day to explore the kindergarten. And they all, I think they all went and they sort of explored kindergarten or whatever. And they came back to first grade. And then um, he said to his mom, he said, so I went to kindergarten today and at kindergarten they play all day. <laughs> and she said, uh-huh, yeah, that's true. And he said, so I choose kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Bag it up. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, um, okay, well, no, we can't do that anymore. This is time for you to grow. So things are changing. And it, they, Ooh, they went through a that brings up something thing. for me. It's like think Ooh. of um, spiritually when people start going on this quest to grow and look more deeper within themselves. And I don't know if this has been your experience, but for me, as I began to grow and expand spiritually, what became scary is the way my family perceived me or interacted with me. And so like, as I was changing, there was more of a disconnect Mm -hmm. between them and me. And they were looking at me like, mom's changing or my wife's changing and come back, like don't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what, it, what all, what are all those things that make us want to go backwards or, and, you know, sometimes we go too far and we do need to come backwards. Like, you know, mm-hmm. two steps forward, one step back. What's wrong with that? Whoops. We, we leapt a little farther than we were going to, but also the question of when we go actually take a leap that we want to take and mm-hmm. it's scary. And when people start pulling us back, it's not so much that they are pulling us back. It's that our consciousness is asking to be pulled back. And, and it's a moment, I think, of like needing to let go of choosing. that tribal belief or that tether. Back that to the first shock. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is it okay to leave my family? Is it okay mm-hmm. to shine really brightly? Is it okay to be the one who leaves all the tradition behind and does something totally new. And isn't that kind of like when we get a little fearful of our kids going out to the world? It's like they're going to change and are they going to still love us? Are they going to still want to come home and visit us? Like what are they – who's going to get a hold of them (laughs) and their ideas? And Yeah. Yeah, And with boys, you know, for me, the whole idea that, you know, when you send your boy out into the world, he marries into a girl's family and then he goes with her family. And that's something that people have said that to me for so long. And when could you stop triggering me, please? <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. But apparently I don't love that idea. <laughs> um, you know, just a cha- it's, a, it's a fabulous, fabulous thing. And I think one of my biggest awarenesses is a sense of when things get heightened, when change starts to feel scary, when, when things are happening, is that the idea to stop and take a deep breath and go into it. It's almost like you let yourself sink in 
and breathe and allow it, you know, allow yourself to feel all of the levels that you're being affected on. Your spiritual life is you're being given this huge gift to grow when your kids leave home. But like, let's maybe talk about some really concrete ideas because we we can keep it up here. Oh, give yourself some time to, you know, process this. But so like, what does that look like when, I mean, I know what it looks like for me because I just finished doing it. So for me, it looked like um, amping up my daily meditation, my quiet time in the morning. I uh, did a lot of journaling on every little upset and fear that was coming up of like really looking at it like, why am I scared of it? What's really underneath there? Um, Definitely doing some of the typical nurturing activities for myself, whether it was like taking a walk or getting a massage and just giving giving myself some practices in order to access all those emotions. Because I don't think people know how to access their emotions. They go, oh, I'm depressed. My child's leaving. But then they go, now what? Okay. Right. And and then a lot of us – so I remember when my parents both passed last year. And, and so huge loss, but also huge change for my life. Like I – there were ways in which I suddenly felt free that I hadn't felt in a while. And there was – there was this moment when I realized that I was going through phases of dealing with it. And some of them were completely like drink a bottle of wine by myself mm-hmm. at home at night. Like what? <laughs> I didn't do I that doing? at all on yeah. spring break. Never, <laughs> never, never do things like that. You know, and then I would just eat for a week. And then slowly I started to realize that in some ways that was the denial process. It was like I didn't, it was too much. There was too much space inside me and I couldn't navigate. So I, then I started really deepening into my spiritual practice. So it was like survival first. Exactly. To soothe, it was just and then once soothing, that phase is soothing, done. Soothing, soothing, like knocking myself out <laughs> with a bottle of wine. Like, luckily I didn't hit myself with it. But, you know, just and, – and it was so – this is what I want to say about it, which I think is so cool, is I think it's actually so intuitive. Like I need – this mm-hmm. right now. And I wouldn't have been able to articulate it, but because I was here alone, <laughs> right. I was able to just follow the impulse and just do it. You know, ha- and checking in with our audience. Have you guys ever followed an impulse to to do the thing that feels like, God, if I could just do this thing right now and yet also not be self-destructive with it? Like, right, because that I, gets I, old after yeah, a while. Well, You're like, well, I mean, you can't button your pants. If I was drinking a bottle of wine at night still, <laughs> we'd be in big trouble. But it really only lasted, and it wasn't every night. The period of time really probably lasted over max three weeks. The food, because it was the holidays, lasted a little longer. And and then it's just letting yourself re-regulate and not being like, now I have to go on a diet. You know, it's like, now I have to start noticing what I'm putting in my mouth. Is this really what I want to eat? And if it is, you know, and so just, I think that's what I meant by slowing down and being like gentle about like watching what, how am I coping with this and letting whatever we do actually be okay with us, not giving ourselves a hard time for it and saying, I should be better and I shouldn't be doing this. It's like, I can't cope with this right now, so I'm going to drink a bottle of wine tonight. And And I'm not driving, I'm not hurting anybody, and I'm going to really be hurting in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) But like the denial of the emotion and then like how to let the emotion out. So I had somebody yesterday talking about like, well, I just can't express my emotions like you can express your emotions. And I was like, you know, neither could I 10 years ago. I was locked down like crazy. And, but 
I was explaining to them, like, when you express an emotion to someone else, it doesn't have to be like you open the floodgates on the person, but you can start little by saying, like, I'm noticing I'm feeling sad today. And if that's all you've got that day, then what a great first step. And I think sometimes people are afraid of crying when they say that. Mm -hmm. If I say that, I might cry. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it. And it's the so much freedom you offer the other person because there somewhere in their life, there's some tears too. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to have some and, or even just completely lose it, it gives people so much. It's a point of connection. Permission. And it gives everybody so much permission to be real with you too. And hopefully you have the kind of friends that can handle it. And if you don't go get some new friends, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like what, what are they so afraid of, of when, well, oh, I know. Well, I, what I was afraid of is if I tell my truth, then they won't like me or they'll leave me. Because? Because what I might say will, you know, be too intimate or scare them or be too big of a truth. And what if that's true? What if the person in front of you can't handle what you're offering that's actually authentically you? Then, then I guess I'll be having some change because be <laughs> they will leave me. friends. They yeah. will leave because they're not the ones that you're no, – you're no longer committed to hiding. Well, that's what's happened the last – five years, Hmm. maybe going on six now. It's like when I started really getting into the spiritual path, the ways I spend my time, the things I talk about, my way of being in the world has just naturally shifted. And what that created was letting go of certain people, certain family members, having to get okay with them not wanting to hang around me or not wanting to talk about the things I want to talk about or laughing at me behind my back for whatever I'm into. And it was like, I had to get really solid and that I'm okay with who I am so much so that I'm okay if they walk away. But originally I was not okay with that because I didn't want them to, I would rather someone stay around me, even if they were driving me nuts, just to not have that feeling of abandonment. Yeah, I really get that. And, you know, there are some theories that we all have huge abandonment issues because it happens when we're born. Mm. You know, we live in this sweet little cocoon where all our needs are met, and then we're like, bam. And a lot of people chop that have, cord. <laughs> a lot of people have pretty intense experiences of birth that sometimes repeat in their lives. And it is a way, it is a place that people get caught around. That's a piece of why we're so scared of change, because that experience was so big for so many people and so stressful that we sometimes feel like we're repeating it when change comes. Mm. We're afraid of repeating the abandonment experience. So we hold on and tradition keeps us from being abandoned and 25,000 family members keep us from feeling abandoned. But in fact, we're burdened by all the tradition in some cases. In some cases, we don't. We want to break out. We want to go to Europe for Thanksgiving and we can't. Yes, I do. <laughs> we have to be at the Thanksgiving table in Ojai, you know, or right. something like that. So I think... I think it's really sweet to acknowledge that this break time that we just took, and we really want to say thank you for your generosity and allowing us to have a break and come back strong, is that we're making space for change in our lives. And both of us have had a lot of big change happening. And not denying it. We are not in denial right now. We are not in denial. I am growing (laughs) into a relationship that is um, so beautiful and so wonderful in so many ways. And you want to talk about change? Oh, you know what's so funny? What? I was um, had to go to the dentist today to get fitted for a night guard because apparently I've been clenching my teeth. Anyways, they had me in this contraption, and I start like 
thinking I'm going to have a panic attack. Like I really was starting to go like, oh God, oh God. And I, and I had already been trying to like keep myself calm through the whole thing because you know, your mouth is yeah, pried up. Yeah, thing shoved up in your face. So it wasn't fun. And I kind of said to the woman, like, you got to let me turn. Like, I had to, I was like, I got to play something really quick. So the our podcast was right there. And I literally just pushed an episode. And because um, I was like, at least the story will keep me out of my head right, of, like, right. how much I'm about to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> And it took them so long to get the thing in there. That, and it hurts so bad that I was like, if I – have to pull it out like we're gonna have to start all over from the beginning so i was like i'm just gonna press play on the podcast and it was the episode where you were about to have your first date and so it was so cute to hear like the space you were in back then and like it was about having like the conversation about the other safe sex talk so it was so funny to hear it because it seems so long Long ago ago. and it was not that long ago but uh, um, (laughs) it was cute to hear that and to come in today and be like oh I wonder what's happening with you now but a lot has changed since then changed yeah you know it's like moving from one phase of relationship into the next more deeper intimacy meeting his family all in one weekend all those things have actually changed our relationship every time we go through a new gate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Something deepens and something, you know, it's, and it's scary. There have been times we almost came apart because it was so scary. You walk through the change door, it's scary, and then you settle. And yeah. then another door of change. And then, and then you start getting used to it because you go, oh, look, we're changing a lot. This is constantly changing. And some days we're actually closer. And some days we're not as intimate. And is that okay? Does that mean the end? Oh my gosh, if we're not that intimate today, what's going to happen? So being in a relationship is really a joke because it's not a thing. (laughs) It's not like a ship that you're like paddling. And we found this thing called, oh, I wish I'm going to say it and I can't even credit it on this. Oh, yes, I can. It's Osho. Thank you. And it's called the eternal honeymoon. Mm. And it's about being in relationship in presence so that you're always on a honeymoon. It's always the next step into loving, whatever the loving is. And so it is constant change, which is why honeymoons are fun, because you're still discovering about each other, and you're still open, and you can have lots of sex because it's easy, and there's no baggage around it. Nobody did anything or hurt anybody's feelings yet. And so, (laughs) right? So if you keep letting go of your relationship sort of every day, and letting it blossom new, some days it feels like you might lose it because mm-hmm. somebody's not feeling like blossoming that day. Yep, <laughs> you know? I've been somebody's there. a little like, no, don't wanna. And and you have to breathe through that too. So I don't know, you guys, we really wanted to share this conversation of change because it has been such a huge time for change for us both. And we so appreciate that having the time and the space, and we so, so wish and hope for you that you will take that. When we push ourselves forward through change, we end up scared, adrenalized, drama-filled, and not creating great results for ourselves. Our brains go offline. We and can I, only choose right yeah, wrong, I just want to like honor myself because I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm surrendered to the change. Beautiful. Like I'm not gripping anymore. And I would have never have thought that that was going to be the case 18 years ago when my daughter was born. I thought I'd be clawing at the walls to keep everything the same. And I'm really, 
I'm excited actually for her and for the family and the ways that when she leaves, the dynamic changes with me and the boys. It's like a completely different dynamic happens. And for the last couple of months, she has been gone a lot. And it's like, we are creating a new relationship together and the family dynamic is changing and their response, their roles and responsibilities are changing. And although they might not love it because there's not the older person, you know, that has to do all, all the stuff anymore. It's like, even they're like blossoming into it. So I think the easier, the more graceful I can move through the change, the more I can model to them that it's going to be okay. Exactly. Exactly. And of course that's what we like to do in divorce too is, we take it easy. We breathe deeply. We tell them everything's going to be okay. We stay stable. And what we started at the beginning of this is do your spiritual practice, take care of yourself, slow down, cut back your activities. If you have to take good care of your body and your heart and your soul, when things are really big and really changing, go have sex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go have sex. That's have my recipe for success. If can, <laughs> although if you don't have anybody to have sex with, don't forget to have it with yourself. <laughs> On that, on that note, change, change, change. change. <laughs> we love you. Spread the love. Spread Bye. the love. Spread the love. Bye-bye. Love you. Do you want the opportunity to see the gals of Holy Fuck in person? If so, go to holyfuckpodcast.com and join our mailing list so you can find out when and where these goddesses will be transforming lives next. And yes, I know, I'm talking about myself in third person. Open your browser, type in holyfuckpodcast.com, Click on mailing list and give us your most trusty email. Not that bogus one you give to Walmart. So sign up now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. Thank you.